Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Psych Legal Pop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of a therapist and an attorney. My name is Brooke Brigham. I'm an attorney and I'm here with my sister, Tess Brigham, and I'm the therapist. So this is a little holiday bonus. Yes, we're going to be exciting. Yes, um, I hope everyone, you know, has a reasonably good holiday. <laughs> Happy, healthy holiday. Yeah, whatever you're celebrating. Yes. Or if you're not celebrating, I hope you're just enjoying a day off. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we thought we would go back in time and talk about one of the holiday themed uh, episodes <laughs> from Sister Wives. Yes, can't get away from it, but yes. yes. So we found, uh, it's actually two episodes. They're only 20 minutes each. So it's kind of like one episode. But it's um, season two, episodes seven and eight, uh, The Brown Family Decision and Sister Wives and Holiday Crisis. Ooh, yes. So this is the beginning, well, not really the beginning, I guess the middle um, of season two, they have been um, out as polygamists mm-hmm. for, I think they said four months or something. And they're starting to feel a little heat from it. And they decide that for Christmas, they want to get away, get out of Utah, and they want to go to this mountain cabin, which sounds like a great idea in theory yes until until you see what they <laughs> have to do to get there the logistics of it yes and but so in this first episode they do flash on the you know those like very special words that come on which basically says that the da is looking into the charges right so yeah that's the big peril that they're going through is they've been out now and i didn't quite understand what was happening legally well, what Brooke. they said was um, that the local police department, I believe, did an investigation um, and then they have turned it over to the county, which I assume means the district attorney. So that's mm-hmm. how it works with crimes. 
you know, if the, the police believe a crime has been committed, they do an investigation, they submit it to the district attorney's office and the district attorney's office decides what to do if they want to file charges, if they think there's enough evidence, whatever. So, so right now, at this moment in time, as these episodes are being filmed, the DA is looking into the charges. Right. And they show a quote from like the local newspaper or the, you know, saying that the, something along the lines of, well, the Browns did us a, a favor by basically admitting on television that they'd committed multiple felonies. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those are fighting words. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they had reason yes. to be afraid, but they want to. And obviously at this point, it's clear that uh, Cody has already decided that the family's going to leave Utah. I don't remember if they even said anything about where they were going, if they said anything about Yeah, they, had, they hadn't said it where they were going yet. So they've told the four five. or five oldest kids, which would be um, Logan, Leon, Maddie, Hunter, and Aspen. Mm-hmm. They've told them that they're moving. They haven't told the younger kids yet. So they want to, I guess, go to this cabin and have one last blast. <laughs> <laughs> and before it all yeah. falls apart. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful um, setting and cabin, but it's not for uh, 30 people. Yeah. No, it's not. And it's out. It feels like it's out in the middle of nowhere. Like it is out on mi- its own. It is out in the middle of nowhere. And um, so we do get a little bit of business, though. Before we go to the cabin, we do. We see Mary putting oh, lights yeah. on her putting lights on the tree and then we see the kids pulling names out of their out of a hat so each we learn that each kid buys a gift for the other kids and then we go tree shopping oh this was my this favorite part of the episode we meet matt the frisky <laughs> tree salesman he was kind of cute he was cute i mean god knows what's going on he had that hat on the whole time that big hat so yeah you know, i don't know what the on. hair situation yeah. was but you know for a, cute. For, for a christmas tree lot attendant he, yeah. he was pretty good looking. he was cute and yeah. he was very charming yeah i have to say i would have liked i would have fallen for yeah charms but mary was hard hardcore oh they know, were flirting. flirting he's she's like do you have any mistletoe <laughs> and he's like oh yeah let me try to find you some and uh, i mean they were flirting the whole time yes, and then yes. at the end they hugged <laughs> yes mary and um matt hugged. yeah which you know don't you hug the person that helps you with your tree <laughs> Yeah, that's totally normal. And she was like, "Oh, there's nothing wrong with hugging, with hugging and flirting. That's it." Ha ha ha. Oh yeah, and they're confessional. Yeah. They're joking about how there was all this flirting going yes. on. And she's like, "Well, that's just for just fun." And then we see Robin. Okay, because I had to, I had to clarify this with you. We see Robin making ornaments. So she wants to make ornaments for all the kids. She wants to do something special, you know, because she's new to the family and she wants to make a mark, right? And then we get this thing where she kind of then pushes the religious stuff, right? Where she's she wants to give them things that are the reason for the season. Symbols of symbols Christian. of the season, yeah. So then yes. she puts in a red, what I would assume is a candy cane, but right. it's solid red, not the red and white. And she tells us that is, what was that? I thought she was trying to say it was like a shepherd's staff <laughs> and that it was a symbol of Christ pulling... The like, Christ in towards you. Towards you. Yes. The way that a shepherd would pull okay. the sheep towards you. So you want to yes. represent a shepherd's staff, so you pick red sparkles. <laughs> red sparkle candy cane looking yeah. thing. Yes. I mean, just like, so if you want to represent, I mean, I just thought that was, that was so weird. Well, they're ugly 
ornaments. Yeah. She's making one for everyone in the whole family. So that means every single kid is getting is, one of these. Yeah. Ar- and that's going to be the whole freaking tree. And they're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> and she was just, it was trying too hard. Yeah. So, um, and then we learn about this tradition where the oldest daughters get to make breakfast for everyone. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. How egalitarian. Yeah. Mm. And then we have, hands down, the funniest moment. I'm sorry. And I understand it was a a moment of panic for Mary. But so Mary makes everyone pajamas. She's been doing it. We hear it many times since Leon was four years old or two years old. Since Leon was two, Mary has made all of the kids pajamas. So Mary's making her pajamas. And all of a sudden she looks out and all of a sudden a police car pulls into her driveway and she panics. She's shaking. She's shaking. And she gets her phone and calls Cody right away. And then the officer pulls out of the driveway and goes back the way he came. And then she goes out to look and he's helping somebody who's broken down down the street. He was making a U-turn in her driveway. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is and, and but but I feel like and I understand if I was in your position, I would understand the panic. And what they're really saying is, is that you know, this is how we're living. We're living every time a cop comes near us, there's the, he's pulling in and then that pit in your stomach. I understand that. But the way the show made it out to be like- So dramatic. So dramatic with the dramatic music and all of that. And they they do, they stop it right where Mary says, oh, and then he pulled into the driveway and it's like, you know, now nah, next potential. <laughs> right, yeah. Look, if the, making a if the police are going to come get you, they're not sending one guy in a patrol car <laughs> with you home alone, Mary. Yelling. So, uh, yeah, that is it's just so cool. Yeah, well, yeah. And then they have a talk and a confessional yeah, where Christine, talks Christine talks about how her grandfather and his wives were arrested for polygamy and they were all separated. Her grandfather was a very high up in this church um, that they're a part of. So, yeah, it was a high profile thing, probably mm. make an example out of him. But um, anyway, but when you prosecute, you break up the family. We hear this a lot. Yeah, a lot about they're doing this. They have to move because they don't want their family to get separated. They don't want to break up the family. That's the justification they give to the kids, you know, mm-hmm. we, and the kids, you know, that gives them something, I guess, to cling on to. But anyway, yes. so they're going, they're preparing to go to this mountain house. Um, it's like a cabin, but again, it's probably like, what, three bedrooms, maybe? Yeah, it was four bedrooms. It was cute. It was nice. It was completely snowed in. It was way too small. So anyway, they have to, because it's out in the middle of nowhere, they have to take everything with them. Mm-hmm. They have to take all the food they're going to need for several days. They're taking all their presents. They're taking the tree mm-hmm. they got from Matt. Um, and they're all stressed out. They were supposed to leave at 10 a.m. And they end up leaving at two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> See, this would drive me bonkers. And I, I keep thinking like, and Cody's like, it's two o'clock. We're leaving. And there's only three, three hours, hours of daylight. Daylight, right? Yeah. So knowing that your family is so dysfunctional and you have so much stuff to take. I get that you don't want to be up at the crack of dawn, but why not load up anything that's non-perishable? The day before. The day before. Or also, days it's before. It's cold. You could even put the perishable stuff in the car overnight. No, oh, you're right. Because it's the middle of winter. It's cold there. Yeah. And no. then to complicate things further, um, they only have one four-wheel drive car that can make it all the way to the cabin. Mm-hmm. So I think they take four or five cars, but 
they have to leave the regular two-wheel drive cars at the bottom and then make multiple trips. They didn't say how many trips. I would oh. love to know how many trips. It, I, they must have been doing that for 10, hours. 15 trips. I mean, they had to take every person, all their stuff, and they had so much stuff. Every car was packed to the gills with stuff. Mm -hmm. And they show Cody driving on this road and he's slipping and sliding mm -hmm. all over the place. I mean, the road is just, it's just pure snow. It doesn't mm -hmm. even look like, I'm sure there's no salt or anything on it. I mean, it's just like snow. Just yeah. driving on snow. And so they get there. It's the middle of the night. We're such Californianers. We're like, oh, God, <laughs> snow, just snow. Yeah. What are we going to do? That's terrible. Yeah. No, I'm afraid of snow. <laughs> I I mean, I... Yeah, I don't think I'm, I've ever driven it. I've never driven the snow and I never want to. That's why we live very close to Lake Tahoe. And um, I I will not go there in the winter. Yeah. I, I, I'll go there in the summer, but it, I'm afraid of... I'm afraid of the snow. I don't know how to act or drive or do well, anything. I actually, snow. Steve and I have gone and Steve's from the East Coast, so he knows how to drive in snow. Yeah. So you need to get someone from the East Coast with you who's driven in snow. Yeah. To come. But it's not fun. It's still scary and still awful. Yeah. So anywho, <laughs> it was just a mess. And you're just, you're watching this whole thing knowing, God, you guys must be exhausted. Yeah. Hungry. And they're and so stressed out. Ugh. Everyone is like snapping at each other. Cody. And it's a tiny place. So there's, sorry to interrupt, but it's such a tiny place that they're showing the stuff loading in. And can you imagine like being someone at the kitchen where your kid's probably like, I'm Yeah. You know, and you're like, what? Like, where do you where's the food, food? yeah when and it's jammed off the the place literally every inch of the like the living room kitchen area was just covered with stuff mm -hmm. it, it was bad i think they eventually got it all sorted out but when yeah. they first got there it was total chaos then uh, oh and then they had to bring the christmas tree yes in. yes then to, we're not done <laughs> to top it all off they are getting these snowmobiles and apparently the guy at the bottom of the mountain who um, rents the snowmobiles has been waiting all day for them because, of course, they were supposed to leave at 10. <laughs> so you know that Cody said, OK, we're going to leave at 10. So because I, I, I don't think this place was that far. It wasn't a couple hours. I maybe. So I think I think Cody probably told him we'll be there around noon. Yeah. And Cody, they're probably there at like. They probably got there at uh, four or five, five, and then they've been loading for two hours. It's, you know, eight o'clock at night. This guy's been waiting for eight hours. Yeah, sure. Poor guy. I hope he got paid well for this. Yeah. So they bo they all had to go and get these snowmobiles. And of course, Janelle can't go because she's got to take care of the baby. So Logan. Daddy Logan. Logan, yeah. Logan I, I, I have to commend Logan for, and I mean, maybe... Maybe he's very different privately and we're just seeing, I, I don't know, this guy is so calm, so agreeable, yeah. so they put so much on him all the time. Him and Aspen, and Aspen is so sweet and so agreeable. These two, they so lucked out with those two. They yeah. really did because they got two people that they're another kids. And they're another set of parents. Yes, know, they are. I don't know what they do without them, quite frankly. Yes. Um, and it's very dramatic. And then at this moment, Robin, she takes a moment, she looks around, and she looks at all the children, and she goes, nobody can take Christmas away from you. Yeah, and you know, They're Robin was such a Pollyanna mm -hmm. in this episode. She was really getting on my nerves, and there was a lot of emotional performances, like... You know, uh, Cody got like, yes, you know, Cody gets up, very emotional in the second next episode. Choked up at one point because, you know, he's thinking about 
I mean, he, I guess he's really scared and he's thinking about, you know, he's responsible for all these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get it. That That's a lot, you know, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, what did you think was going to happen yeah, when I you mean, went on this TV show? Yeah. Well, and also, what did you think was going to happen when you decided to marry three women? Do you know what I mean? There, there's there's four. a little bit or four, and then four. Right. So, for example, you know, if you think about it, he is the CEO of this family. He does run the family. And it's a little bit of looking at someone who's the CEO of a company and they're like, well, I don't this is, you know. Oh, I didn't think this is what it was going to be. Right. Like, this is leadership. Like, what did you think this was going to be? If you say you're, you want to sign up to be the CEO of a company, that means like being a leader, like right. doing things. And and what's so interesting about Cody is he loves being the leader. He loves being the CEO. But he's, he's he so bad at it. No, and he's bad at it. But the problem, <laughs> yes, he is very bad at it. And at the same time, he's also secretly resentful. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like he he... I have this job and I, you know, this is what I should be doing. But at the same time, he don't want this job yeah. and this is so hard and I never get the support, but I'm the man of the house and you should follow me. But no one's respecting me. Right. It's yeah. back and forth, back and forth. It's like, oh, my God, you're exhausted. Yeah, because he, you know, it, in the, it's a micro this whole trip and anytime they go anywhere, yes. they move, they take a trip. It's a microcosm of just how mismanaged the family is. Yeah. He cannot even... You know, it's, this is not the first time they've traveled as a family. Yes. Yes. They have to take a lot of stuff. It's not the first time they moved. They're notorious. Even before this series started, they were notorious for constantly moving. Mm. Okay. This is not your first rodeo. You know, if you're going on something like this, you need to have a plan. You need to have a spreadsheet. Yeah. You need to have a schedule. You need to dole out, you know, jobs. You do this. You do that. I mean, you know, almost like a military. Yeah. Um, uh, like that other guy that procedure. We met, that one polygamous oh the the not dugger but um Um, yeah darger darger yeah he's he's got military precision yeah that guy and things get done and i think those kids are scared of him but but that's how you get shit done yeah that's how you get otherwise if you don't do it that way you get this total shit show Mm -hmm. but so anyway that's the end of episode seven pretty much right and then we learn Kind of, sort of, yeah. I, it's hard. I should have. I didn't. I didn't write down when we were making the transition. Yeah, I think this is it. Well, yeah, we learned that they tell the oldest kids, and then we now see the kids and the teenagers are the best. Is in this in the episode before we were like they. Um, there was one point where the parents were all saying like, "Oh, this will be so fun! It's so fun for the teenagers." And then they get the teenagers who were like, "This sucks! I'm I don't want to my go. parents for yeah. four days. Oh, I'm trapped." <laughs> so and so and they know on top of that that they're going to have to move. So they discover a hot tub, and it yes, makes everybody very happy. That was like the big highlight, and they start sledding down the hill. And Mary eats it and almost flies through the window (laughs) of the cabin. But she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's fine. But she's quite the daredevil. And again, the show made it super dramatic. Like, like Mary had died or something like that when she, when she did. But she was, she was fine. And then, and then there's this discussion about kitchen drama. Yeah. And that was really interesting. And I think that it's, I think it's a very benign conversation, but knowing what we know now it is kind of this interesting combination of how they were talking about how small the kitchen was and all the women what did cody say knocking hips Mm. 
Because this is what women should be doing. Yeah. In the kitchen, rocking hips, just having a grand time being so fulfilled by cooking for you and children. Um, And that Robin in the in the confessional says that she how did she say it? She she felt really uncomfortable. She didn't speak up enough being in the kitchen and that everyone's like everyone's like, oh, we all know it's Christine's kitchen. Yeah, because Christine is. Yeah, she's the head of the kitchen. Yeah. And Mary is kind of like her sous chef. The two of them, you know, because Christine enjoys cooking. Yes. And she's and I've heard she's good. Yeah, she's good at it. And also that's been her job for all these years. She cooked for the whole family and all Mm -hmm. these kids and everything. So she takes charge. She does it. Mary's kind of in there. Robin is sort of on the outskirts, like doesn't quite know what to do. And then um, uh, Janelle really is on the outskirts. Yeah, Janelle's happy to be on the She doesn't want to help. And she says in the confessional, like, this really isn't my forte. I have stronger, you know, <laughs> things that are a stronger skill sets. And then she brings up that in the past, when she's tried to help in the kitchen, um, she says that she's been called lazy. Or no, she says something about how her her domestic skills are maybe not as great and she's been called lazy and she's talking about cooking and cleaning. And again, I know that goes back to Mary. That was mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah. Was that Mary, like if if Janelle even left a dish out, mm-hmm. like Mary would lose her shit. Mm-hmm. And that Janelle had to get her own refrigerator oh, in her bedroom. She had to get her own little mini fridge because there was so much friction over just sharing a refrigerator yeah so there was so this kitchen drama stuff has been going on for years and cody he references it all the time like my wives can't share a kitchen Mm -hmm. they they each have to have their own kitchen and it's like no what it is is that mary can't share a kitchen with anyone Mm -hmm. because christine um seemed to be yeah you know i think i don't think anyone was christine didn't seem to be upset about the kitchen anyway yeah it was a, a whole talk about the kitchen drama and i felt really badly for Janelle, because you could tell that she had just been kind of beaten down, beaten down and abused over this. And yeah, in a lot of these older episodes, you look at Janelle and she does seem very beaten down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in season nine that I'm doing during my rewatch, I've noticed that there's an episode that's all about Janelle and about Janelle's journey. And Janelle admits that that in the beginning, she was really shy. She doesn't like attention. It was really hard for her when the cameras showed up that she's feeling a lot better. Obviously, we see her through this whole weight loss journey that she has. She mm-hmm. loses weight and we see her blossoming from that. And then part of this, I don't know what happens, but you see a clip of her going over to Mary and saying, okay, you know, Mary, over the years, you've approached me about trying to mend our relationship. Mm-hmm. I think I'm ready. And of course, Mary's like, well, I don't know if I want to do it now. You know, so so typical. Like, you're just like, oh, God, Mary, she's, you know, yeah. she's trying to put a hand she's out to trying. you. Like, just just try. And I and I, I understand how Mary could feel like, well, I wanted to try years ago. But quite frankly, and I don't blame Janelle for this either. My guess would be is she was kind of freaking afraid of Mary yes. and Mary afraid of what she was going to get. Scary Mary. Scary Mary. She didn't know what she was going to get. She didn't know how it was going to be. And she didn't feel quite safe enough to do it. And she finally got the courage to do it. But again, Mary has, Mary's like Cody, like little or no self-awareness at all. Very little. And, And I think that when they were first, those two were first married, I'm sure they both were so, their egos are so big that they were kind of clashing and then they bring this new woman in who is Janelle, who's probably very like, don't pay attention to me and shy and reserved and 
okay, maybe, oh, okay, I want to be a part of this. And I think the two of them just eclipsed her. I want to know so much more about it, how it came to be that Janelle married into this family. Because, you know, somebody posted on the uh, Shit Talk you know, face, Facebook page a newspaper clipping of the announcement of Janelle's marriage to Mary's brother. brother. That's right. I always forget about that. Yeah. Oh, so I wonder... Is that some of the anger and resentment? Is Mary mad that she now divorced the brother? Well, and also remember, too, before Cody and Janelle got married, Cody's dad married Janelle's mom. Yes, yes. Okay, so there's already this relationship dynamic over here, and then the thing with Mary's brother. But in this announcement, like, there's this picture of them, and Janelle just looks so happy and fresh-faced. Mm-hmm. They got married in the big temple mm-hmm. in um, Salt Lake City, the mm-hmm. big Mormon temple. And they had a wedding reception. They talked about how, you know, she had a big... It yeah. seemed like she had, like, a big wedding. And um, she said that she had gone to BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she seemed like she had... She had I, think, I think Janelle's the only one that finished college. Yeah. Of all of that. I don't know I want to finish, but I'm, she was there when she got married. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talked about her like they were just kind of like your normal average. And I'm like, well, what, hap- what, yeah, what happened there? there? Is, is Mary's brother as terrible as Mary? Well, and obviously Mary's brother is not a polygamist because that was not a polygamist relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, neither one of them. Cause yeah. Janelle, that, especially because if they got married in that church, right? Right. It's LDS. They don't. Exactly. It, it was yeah. an LDS wedding. So, yeah. How? So why is Mary in that? But her brother's not. What happened with the divorce? How did she end up um, marrying into this? I I just need to know so much more. Yeah, because Cody will say he said something like, "I knew I knew Janelle before Mary and I got married." So that's how because it was his stepsister. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly because it was his stepsister, and she was once your sister-in-law. Really, because she was married to your wife's brother. Right. Right. So. Right. Your sister, so of course you knew her. She was your stepsister slash sister. I wonder Before if... she became your celestial wife. <laughs> I wonder if Cody's dad and Janelle's mom kind of uh, forced them together, pushed them together. Oh, interesting. Like an arranged sort of marriage. But then, type. But then why did Janelle divorce that guy? Why did she did not... Why did Janelle divorce Mary's brother? That's, That's what I want to know. They, were they... Because they were forced to? Pushed on? I think she... No, I think they got divorced probably for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't know. Um, and then I think Janelle was kind of floating around. And in the, in the book they wrote, she describes how... Well, they both describe how yeah, they were friends. Cody and J- they called themselves friends. They leave out that they were step siblings. Mm-hmm. But um, Cody talked about how he would go to Janelle for advice about finances, <laughs> life, mm-hmm. jobs. I think Janelle helped Mary get a job. I can believe that. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, I think his family probably said, you know, this Janelle, she's sharp. If you- <laughs> Maybe we should, if you should get her in the family. Cody and Mary, you two are like a couple of, you know, mm-hmm. dumb as rocks. Yeah. Um, so why don't you guys, you know, why don't you bring Janelle in? She could really help you guys out. Yes. <laughs> so I guess that's what happened there. So we move on to... Um, the pajama fashion show. Mm-hmm. So everyone gets their pajamas. Now, 
some of the pajamas look great and look very cute and look like they're made of that jersey soft something you want to wear to bed yeah and then some of the pajamas look like stiff cotton yeah that you don't want to wear to bed so I, it's it seems a little and you know one of the kids like the the pants i'm like are these shorts are these pants are these culottes yeah. you know you're kind of like what happened here a couple of the girls they have these sort of i guess they were supposed to be nightgowns but they kind of look like prison issue <laughs> nightgowns <laughs> yes yes I know. So pajama fashion show was interesting. Essentially, they, but at least they look like they were having fun. Yeah, they do. And these old episodes, it is nice to see them because they do look like they're having lots of fun. Yeah. They do look like a very happy, unified family. I liked this episode because it was one of the only times, yeah, that we've really seen all the kids together. Mm-hmm. At least I have in a while, you know, and a lot of them are just they're so little and they're cute. And, yeah. You know, it was nice. Yes. And then we get this whole section where we have to watch Cody talk to Christine like she's a four-year-old. Yeah. Where Christine's upset about the move. She doesn't want to make the move. And she, what she says is very true, which is, I don't want to make a move out of fear. I don't want to do this out of fear, which he's right. You shouldn't make decisions out of fear. And she doesn't feel like she has a choice. And Cody is talking to her like she's a child and saying... Well, I'm the head of the household, right? I'm the head of the household. You 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 believe I'm the head of the household and she's like, "Yes, yes." Um and I need to make this decision. I need to make this happen and this needs to be what this is and you need to get along. And really again, this is one of those moments where I think Cody Cody really had a moment here to connect with her and just say this sucks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I'm know sorry. this is hard. This is really hard. Yeah. This sucks. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Nobody else wants to do this if I had any chance. But but you know what? I am really scared about going to, je- to right. jail, Christine. I don't want to have happened to us that happened to your grandparents. This is awful. Like, that's all she's all for. Exactly. That's all she wants. He's incapable of that. He is never, ever able to, um, yeah, just like give some just empathy compassion anything it's always like if if you question him or complain about one of mm-hmm. his decisions he just gets upset he doesn't he doesn't understand just normal human emotions yes things yes. are hard sometimes and you have to talk through it yeah but not even that it's just like god sometimes she knows christine knows she's going with you she says right. she you. says she's i'm going with i'm you. going with you but i she's telling you i feel bad because a choice is being made for right, and I don't control. like that. And people, we like to make choices. We like to have control. As much as we feel overwhelmed by choices and control sometimes, we like to have them. When people take away our control, like COVID's a great example mm-hmm. of something coming in, happening, you have no control over it and you have to adapt to it. We don't like that at all. And that's what she's responding to. And and he just, he can't even give her five freaking minutes and uh, something and then he does this real creepy thing where he leans in real close to her head and he says are you still confused about whether we're going to move oh it was really creepy and yeah and she's i can't even remember what her response was i, I think she said no and he's <laughs> like okay it was kind of like it was his way of saying shut up yeah <laughs> And then we see the teenagers, which is so interesting. Maddie says the best line where she's like, she doesn't want to leave her best friend because they were going to be legends in this town. (laughs) 
and then Hunter cries. Hunter. Of course, Logan, Logan and Aspen, of course, are like, we're sad to go, but we understand Stoic. it. Of course, yeah. you know, doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And then Hunter cries and Hunter was having a really hard time and you feel for him. He must have been, what, 13, 14? I bet you anything, he probably just started high school and probably yeah. just started making friends. Probably and he was 14. on the football team. And, you know, we all know how weird high school is and all of that. I mean, poor Logan was probably a senior. He I was, think it he, was his senior year. They rip him out and he has to go to a senior year somewhere else. I mean, this is hard stuff. This is really hard stuff. I'm sure Maddie was probably a junior Maybe a sophomore. sophomore. I think Hunter was like a freshman. Maddie was a sophomore. And then Mariah and Aspen, I think, are in the same grade. So they were probably juniors. Leon. Leon, I'm sorry. Um, Leon and Aspen. Leon yeah, and Aspen are the same. They had their graduation. Together. Right. And then Logan is a senior. Yeah. So it sucks for yeah. all of them. It really does. It really, really sucks. Yeah, and that's so, pretty much it. That was it. A, a brown family Christmas. Yeah, that is that is a brown family Christmas right there, full of chaos and, <laughs> um, you know, deep, deep emotions yeah. and unmet, drama. Unmet needs. Yes, unmet. <laughs> high expectations that aren't you know, met. It's what else are the holidays about? Yes, you're right. That is. It's out, yeah. It's apropos. It is. It's perfect for the holidays. Yeah. You, you know, it's a lot of buildup and anticipation to, ugh, why did I want to yeah. do this all of a sudden? Why do we keep doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy holidays, happy everybody. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> Sincerely. I just hope that, yeah, you, that is, you got through it. Hopefully, yep. this podcast will help. And uh, moving forward. Yes. All right. So, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it. Give us a five-star rating and review. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Recommend it. We have a email address, psychlegalpoppodcast at gmail.com. If you want to give us any feedback or suggestions. Yes. All right. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com